Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, film geeks. Today's subject is Knock at the Cabin, the latest from M. Night Shyamalan. And the question that everyone's asking, is this a hit or miss? Let's talk about it. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of All Right, Let's Talk About It. My name is Savannah. If you're brand new, I'm your host, and I do film reviews and film industry commentary. And today we're talking about the latest from M. Night Shyamalan, Knock at the cabin. I got to see this last night. Um, pat on the back for me. I'm officially a regular at my AMC movie theater. Yeah, I'm on the first name basis with the lady who checks my ticket. So yeah, I'm gonna ride that nerd train all the way to the bank. But anyways, M. Night Shyamalan. So let, let's just talk about him for a hot second. Because the conversation isn't so much is the movie any good but how well does he do you know some people can just put out movies and nobody even talks about the director it's all about the quality of the film but you have some directors where there isn't an expectation a standard attached to their name where even if they don't hit that standard it's not that good steven spielberg is one of those we expect a certain standard from him christopher nolan um trying to think who gore verbinski we expect a certain standard from them. And now M. Night Shyamalan. Now, when M. Night Shyamalan first started out, he started his, did his first film in 1992, Praying with Anger, uh, where he filmed and started. That revolved a little bit, a little bit more around his Indian American culture. And then he had a film in 98 starring Rosie O'Donnell called Wide Awake. But then it was in the sixth sense. Even though that was not his first film, that was his introduction. That was how he was introduced to us. That was the first time his name carried a certain amount of weight and value. Because if you haven't seen The Sixth Sense, it came out in 1999, starring Bruce Willis, Tony Collette, and Haley Joel Osment. It garnered six Academy Award nominations. Didn't win any, unfortunately. But hey, I'll show them a little grace. They were competing with American Beauty and Cider House Rules. Um, 1999 was a good move, good year for film. But anyways... That was the first time his name really carried some weight. I mean, it was one of the best movies of 1999. It is one of the best films of all time. Uh, I See Dead People is still one of the most iconic lines 
ever. I used to have a movie poster when I was in college that had a list of the like most iconic movie lines. Then again, you know, this was like 2005, 2006, but that's beside the point. Iconic. It, it transcends. It's timeless. It's, it's an incredible film that's, that just has stood the test of time and will stand the test of time. I don't imagine it's going to fall from the AFI list of top 100 films. But unfortunately for M. Night Shyamalan, that movie being so early in its career and, it's, and as incredible as it was, it set a standard. And that is a standard from which he has been judged his entire career. He will never, his, no one will ever be able to separate him from his film. It's, we'll never be able to just enjoy the film for what it is. It'll always be an M. Night Shyamalan project. And we'll always be judging the film based on the standard he set with The Sixth Sense. And I think that's been the hallmark of, of his career. And unfortunately, because of the standard that's been set, it limits him a little bit. He's not able to really experiment and go back and forth and, you know, figure out different ways of telling story. He's tried a little bit and hasn't had much success with it. I mean, he did make a good bit of bank with The Last Airbender, but it was trashed um, by critics and moviegoers alike. I think I'm actually the one of the few people that actually enjoys watching it. It's a comfort film for me. I'm not saying it's any good, but it's just, you know, I think it's all the pretty bright, bright colors that does it for me. And it's just a comfort film. Uh, After Earth, I think is what it's called, with Jaden Smith and Will Smith, um, I think trying to experiment a little bit more with sci-fi didn't do him so well but my favorite film of his is unbreakable i could write a whole bible study surrounding that film the biblical themes in a lot of his movies are very interesting but we'll talk about that in a minute but this film right here knock at the cabin written and directed and produced by m night Shyamalan. this is one of the few films where he's co-written stars dave bautista you recognize that name he's drax from guardian of the galaxy and other MCU films, Jonathan Gruff, Ben Aldridge, Nikki, Amuka, Bird, Abby Quinn, and Rupert Grant. Rupert Grant being Ron Weasley. This was actually my first time seeing him on screen outside of Harry Potter. Now, I know he's done other projects since then, but this was my first time seeing him outside of that role. I know, tragic, shameful, come at me, I don't care. And it was very interesting to see him as something other than Ron Weasley, because that's who he has been to me since I was 14 years old. He's always been Ron Weasley. So that was a bit of a stretch for my brain to separate who he's always been with who he is as an actor. Does that make sense? But he is wonderful. He's precious. And he's a gingerbread man. And that makes him even better. Because we love our gingers. But this film, does this live up to that standard? Does it meet that standard? Does it even touch it? I think this is more in line with who M. Night Shyamalan is than any of his other experimental ventures. This is a little bit different than what we know him for, where it's, you know, kind of a your regular psychological thriller with a touch of horror, um, with a super funny twist at the very end. Not funny, but just kind of blows your mind a little bit. This movie for the most part, takes place in one room, the cabin, the living room of the cabin. Um, and we never stray that far from it. And it's just these seven people. You have a couple of extras here and there. M. Night Shyamalan makes his typical cameo. Um, kind of funny, actually. Not what I was expecting. I, I think everyone goes in the film wondering, where are we going to see him? We see him. And it was, it was, it's adorable. 
And I'm just, how to make this make sense without giving too much away. This was good. I enjoyed it very much. I was not going to lie. I was nervous because his movies are either hit or miss. Um, someone actually wrote in my comment section yesterday, He's his movies are either a total hit or a total miss. There's no in between. There's no, I was just all right. No, because of the standard that has been set by him, his movies are either going to hit or they're going to miss. No in between. No in between. And that's unfortunate for him. He doesn't get the, he doesn't have the luxury of being mediocre. He's that good. He's that creative. You have a standard, sir. You better meet that standard or take a hike. That is M. Night Shyamalan. I expect stellar storytelling from him. I expect his characters to be written in bold. I expect them to be very loud with the purpose they serve in the film. That's what I expect from him. I expect heavy symbolism. I expect to find little nuggets and motifs throughout his movie that help to kind of move and weave and tell the story. That's what I expect from him. Now, I, this wasn't heavy on motifs or anything like that. Not that I noticed. I'd probably have to watch it a second time just to catch it. But these characters were definitely written in bold. I thought it was... So clever. And I didn't catch it until the very end. After I sat down and I thought about it for a second, you know, there are certain things I did catch at the very end. So this movie is about a gay couple, um, Eric and Andrew and their young daughter, Wynn, and they're on vacation in a cabin in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. Of course, this is Pennsylvania. Um, M. Night Shyamalan grew up in Philadelphia. And so a lot of his movies are set in the Philadelphia area. And little girl is outside catching grasshoppers, trying to study them, putting them in a jar, which is um, a little bit of foreshadowing that she's catching grasshoppers and trapping them in a jar. And this movie's about seven people who are trapped together in a house. And the movie starts right up. She's catching grasshoppers. And then we see Dave Bautista's character, Leonard, who comes off as this gentle giant, this sweet enduring charming not i'm not charming but very enduring man as as large and scary looking as he is he has such a sweet demeanor that even a child knowing that this man kind of looks like a monster he's sweet he's lovely he's kind he gets on her level he catches grasshoppers with her you know it's a little you don't know what to do with him and I thought that was such an interesting part of this movie is our antagonists, four of them, Leonard, Sabrina, Adrian, and Redman, are very human. They are supposed to be the bad people doing bad things, and yet they're very empathetic and sweet-natured, good-hearted, good people who are doing a terrible thing. And I think it messes with you a little bit because you're supposed to be afraid of these people. You're supposed to hate them. You're supposed to be angry with them for what they're doing. And yet you find a little these little pieces and nuggets of them that are very relatable. And the parts of them that matter, the parts of them that are supposed to be written in bold are very loud. There are pieces of their personalities that are just standing at the forefront, flashing in your face, and you have to pick up on it. And if you don't, it's okay. It'll tie together in the end. It'll all make sense in the end. But that's how what I love about 
M. Night Shyamalan and the way he writes his characters. I've never been a fan of heavy handed direction. Like, don't tell me what to think. Don't tell me what to feel. Don't tell me what to see. But it's just a hallmark of his storytelling and that everyone serves a purpose. And he, in part of it, is making sure that you, you, you get the purpose. Everyone's a piece on a chessboard. Does that make sense? So we know from the get go that Eric is more of the comforter in the relationship. He is the more reasonable, rational, kind of more uptight one. And, you know, he thinks before he does things. He's the comforter of their relationship. Andrew is the protector. He's the hot headed one. And you can see this not in the way they, you know, present themselves the way they project but also in the way their daughter reacts to them when she's scared and she needs protection she runs to daddy andrew but when she needs comforting she needs something sweet and nurturing she runs to eric i picked that up very very early and i think maybe because i can be very hot-headed myself so i saw a lot of myself in andrew that when a situation is tight i'm ready to fight i'm ready to throw hands i don't care And also looking at Eric and seeing how he is kind of weak made me a little resentful because I hate weakness. So from the very beginning, I'm like, dude, just kill him. But that was my own personal issues. And then you have Leonard, who is very much the leader of the group. And that's always been me. Um, Whether I like it or not, I hate leading. I will lead if I have to, but I don't enjoy it. And him being the leader of the group, you have Redman, who is just very angry and vengeful. These seven people, if you kind of put them together, can make one whole person. The the separate personalities, they all matter and they all mean something. They all tie together. And it's all weird in the way the story is told. Some parts of it just don't quite make sense. I had a lot of questions like, okay, we got this found footage of a, of a tsunami that apparently just happened how do we get the video like who's recording how are we getting this so there are a couple of little things a little plot holes that don't quite make sense I have a lot of questions but it was easy for me to kind of move past it because this movie kept me on the edge of my seat I'm waiting to figure out what happens next there's not much that's given away in the trailer this is this has a R rating for a reason but it's beautifully done, beautifully shot. It's interesting the way he frames things. Everything in the frame matters. All these little details. As bare bones as his cabin is, every little piece makes sense. The position of the kitchen, the position of the bathroom, the bookcase in the background. I would love to go back and, or even find a picture and see the, see a still photograph of the bookcase that's in this film. Cause I, I imagine there's something there that's important, something there that we're missing. Um, They're at an orphanage in China and, you know, a picture of Jesus Christ playing. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Talker with little kids. That matters. There's actually a moment in this film where the ending is given away And I didn't realize it until the very end, like, huh, we were told what this was. We were told exactly what this was. And I'm, and we, and you have to catch, I, I love that about M. Night Shyamalan. Like he knows how to put little nuggets in the right places that give you all the information you need, but it's quick and you, you have to be quick to catch it. Like the moment we find out that, Cole can see dead people and he has Bruce Willis in the room. Everything we need to know about how that movie ends is in that scene. Everything we need to know about that movie is in that scene. He gives away the ending, but he's very clever with the way he kind of keeps that little part hidden. I think... M. Night Shyamalan is starting to find his groove back, but in true M. Night Shyamalan fashion, hopefully his next film lives up to the standard. But from what we've seen from him, he puts out one banger and then the next one is just an absolute dud and it makes me a little nervous. But I enjoyed this. I thought it was beautifully shot. I thought the acting was great. Um... Just well done. I enjoy the limited space and the fact that this was only shot in one room. This seems to be a theme. The last couple of movies I've seen, uh, women talking, missing, and the whale. I'm wondering if this is something that's come out of the pandemic because we were trapped in small spaces for a period of time because of quarantine. I'm just wondering if some of that creative flow is coming from that place. It's not uncommon for films to mimic the cu- the current culture or something that's recently passed. It's not uncommon. It happens. I mean, I mean, last year and the year before, so many films were centered around trauma and healing of trauma. Very fitting for, what, two, three years of isolated trauma. But yeah, there, there's something I mentioned about the biblical themes in his films that I found very interesting. And I want to talk about that for a quick second. So M. Night Shyamalan claims to not be religious. He claims to not really be a fan of organized religion. Okay, fine. I believe you. But 
I I wonder if he is at the very least fascinated by Christianity because so many of his films have biblical themes or have a biblical parallel. And this movie is no exception. Um, You know, obviously this is about the apocalypse, correct? But we get a peek and this is where the spoilers come in. So if you are not interested in spoilers, um, because I am going to spoil the end quite a bit. Uh, this is your exit. You may go. You were dismissed. Come back at a later date. So spoiler alert. Three, two, one. So the biblical parallel here here is the four horsemen of the apocalypse, which are mentioned in the book of Revelation. I haven't read up on that in a quite a bit, so I'm not going to go into detail and act like I know what I'm talking about. But if you've ever read the book of Revelation, it can be a bit confusing and it's, it's strange. It's a lot of imagery, a lot of symbolism, a lot of metaphors. But it's talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ and what that's going to look like. And it does mention the four horsemen and the four people who come to hold them hostage are supposed to represent the four horsemen and throughout the film. So they're told they have to make a choice. And if they don't make a choice, then there's going to be some kind of plague unleashed onto the earth. And this plague is initiated by the death of one of these four hostage takers. And so they ask them, who do you choose? Are you going to make a choice? And they say, no. So that means one of them dies just a brutal death. They basically kill one another and it's, it's gross. And well, it's not that gross. And we come to realize that these four represent something interesting. Just these four aspects of humanity, leadership, guidance, nurturing, um, healing and malice. And then you have these two men and their daughter being hold, held hostage. You have the pure innocence of childhood, the comforting and, you know, very analytical thinking nature. And then this man who is just anger on steroids, who is ready to jump at the hat, at the drop of a hat. And you see this quite a bit in a lot of his movies, I've noticed. You have Signs, which is about an ex-preacher because of, you know, who has left the faith because of the death of his wife. And then it turns out that he realizes God's plan and what happened to his family. That's essentially what the movie is about, seeing all these insignificant little metaphorical pieces come together and realizing that God was in the middle of it. That is signs. And then you have Unbreakable, which I mentioned I could do a whole Bible study on. And that movie really is just about purpose and finding your purpose and finding out who you are and what you were meant to do and the strength that comes with that. That is that movie, right? So for a man who is not religious at all, who is not even a big fan of organized religion to begin with, he seems to have a fascination with biblical themes. I'm not nagging on him. I'm not calling him a hypocrite. I just, I mean, I just think it's so interesting that even though this is not something that is part of his daily life, it makes its way into his stories because he writes most of them, right? 
take the movie Devil, for instance. I know he had a hand in writing that one. He didn't direct it. I love that movie, by the way. Another one um, that also takes place in Philadelphia, and it's about the devil. It's about these people on an elevator shaft who've all done something wrong, and they're about to, you know, face the consequences of their sins. And that's the movie. I just always find it very interesting how he kind of weaves that way for a man who does not believe in God or at the very least doesn't follow any kind of religion who's not religious. I think you will see this with a lot of different storytellers and filmmakers where, because Christianity is just so everywhere in American culture, it's kind of hard to escape it, that even those who say they don't like it find it fascinating or they're drawn to it, especially from a storyteller perspective, because these are some of the oldest used stories and, you know, inspired stories in the world. They always come from somewhere. You have the Lion King, which is partially inspired by Moses. Someone's going to say, oh, no, I thought it was Hamlet. Yeah, Hamlet. Hamlet, which is partially inspired by Moses. So there's some parallel there. So you can't miss it. You can't escape it. There it is. But I, I always find the biblical parallels in his story to be very fascinating. And we get a glimpse. We get we get a peek into that's what this is about, because you have one of the two men, Eric, who seems to have a at least some faith. They don't dig into it too much. I think if they dug into it too much, it would give it away. But it's kind of a moment where they're at the orphanage and they're sitting across from this mural of Jesus playing soccer with um, these orphan kids and Andrew, who is not religious, makes a comment, you know, he, you know, you can pray. I'm not going to say anything about it. And that's it. That was the clue. That was the, the key that this is what this is. This is about faith. That's what this movie essentially is about. It's about faith. It's about trust. And it's about the effervescent power of love and sacrifice, which is biblical in and of itself because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. These people are being asked to sacrifice themselves because their love is seen as something pure and beautiful. And that in order to save the world, love has to be, there has to be a sacrifice in something so pure and so beautiful, which is also biblical. Jesus was sat, was chosen, was sacrificed because he is the pure and spotless lamb. He's done nothing wrong. And at one point, you know, Andrew has, I think Andrew makes kind of a remark like, why would you sacrifice yourself for these people? They're terrible, horrible, da 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 because he talks about, you know, his experience as a lawyer and how he's seen some of the dregs of society. And then that's what it all, that's, that's biblical. That is the gospel right there. That is the question. Why would you die for people who hate you for, you know, because they're gay men, like these people hate us. They, they wish we didn't exist. Why would you die for them? And that is there, there it is. That's the Bible. That's the gospel. Why would Jesus die for people who hated him, despised him, literally threw him to the wolves, threw him under the bus, decided they'd rather save a murderer than an innocent man? Why would you in- still die for them? Because love is that strong and love is that nonsensical. That's it. That's the tweet. So I would love to do a deep dive into some of his other films. I think I might just do something on Unbreakable because, again, that's my favorite. I could do a whole lecture on that film, just breaking it down piece by piece. So hopefully sometime in the coming months, I'll have a moment to sit down, rewatch it, and I'll do a little episode on my thoughts on that just because. Why not? But 
I don't know. That's all I really wanted to say. I just always find it very interesting. Just this man who is not a fan of religion, not religious at all, yet seems to have a fascination with the Bible and biblical themes. I don't think it's an accident. I don't think it's a coincidence, but I don't think there's anything crazy about it either. I mean, you can't escape it. It's everywhere. And that's it. That's a wrap for this review. Thank you so much for listening to me geek out about Knock at the Cabin. I enjoyed it. I thought it was beautifully shot. I thought the acting was great. I enjoyed the limitations on space. And I think M. Night Shyamalan is refinding himself with this one. Let me know what you thought. Have you seen it? Are you going to see it? Find me on a comment section, either on Instagram, YouTube, or on my Substack. If you saw it already and you didn't like it, like you're not going to hurt my feelings. Let me know. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to get in a fight with you over the internet. Like, I want to hear what you thought and your opinions. Um, They matter. So let me hear them. Thank you once again. If you are interested in supporting this podcast, check the description wherever you're listening from on the different ways that you can help support this podcast and help me grow. What's coming up? So 80 for Brady review, if it doesn't come at the same time as this podcast, it'll come out a few hours later. Next week is going to be a difficult one. There's nothing interesting coming out next week that I really want to see. I know the new um, Magic Mike movie comes out next week. I didn't see the second one, so I'm not really all that interested in seeing the third one. I mean, I love the first one. I'm not going to deny that at all i enjoyed it very much but i'm not really all that interested in seeing it i know you people um i've had a bunch of people ask me if i've seen you people on netflix so you might get a review for that one that's going to be a toughie because i'm not one to sit still i don't like watching movies at home this is why i go to the movies a lot i don't like being in the comfort of my own home watching a movie especially a brand new movie um if it's something i've seen before that's okay with me because i don't have to focus but if it's something new, being in the comfort of my own home and, and especially in my bedroom and having to focus, yeah, I can't do it. It's not for me. So I prefer to go to the theater, but we'll see what's happening on Netflix with new releases. Also, it's Black History Month and I am planning something for that. So be on the lookout. And as the new Best Picture um, nominees start re-releasing back into theaters hopefully i'll be able to catch them i know they just re-released till i know till is coming back to the theaters in my area not sure why probably for black history month but um i will keep you posted and look out for new episodes next week and i'll see you for 80 for brady want to advertise on this podcast check the episode description to see how you can be featured on the next episode planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.